Alrighty, good morning everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are into far into the second week of preseason football. Uh, Wiz and I kind of wanted to take this time to talk a little bit about some of the different things that we're looking to do uh, this season on a, on a more consistent basis in terms of catering to those kind of weekly uh, and, and maybe non-league players. We've kind of seen a shift in direction from traditional leagues over the last couple of seasons, so that's what we're here to do. And um, Wiz, I, I, before we get into that, I think it's been kind of interesting watching week two of the preseason, uh, and we'll do a complete wrap-up on that uh, probably in a couple of days. But, you know, it, it's pretty – I find it fascinating to how some of the teams are, are using the players uh, in terms of guys playing a full half of football. Other teams not even putting their stars on the field, nowhere near the field. They're probably not even in the stadium. And, and we kind of wondered about that. I'm just kind of curious as we're almost finished with week two. I've been kind of surprised at kind of some of the player usage where some teams are, are, are really trying to get their guys ready. And other teams, they don't seem to be as uh, concerned about that. Yeah, D- Denver is trying to win the preseason Super Bowl, that's for sure. Um <laughs> They are, they, are, they are, you know, rocking and rolling, and both those quarterbacks look like two quarterbacks that are fighting to win the starting job. I'm getting more dubious about Dak Prescott as it gets closer. I'm also concerned about Joe Burrow uh, with that big bulky brace he has on his left leg, uh, over his left knee, and, and the first game action they're going to see is week one of the NFL season, and uh then, you know, you read Adam Schefter's stuff where he's saying that Dak is – he's not going to be right all year. I mean, well, that's a little disconcerting. You know, he hasn't even stepped on the field yet. Yeah, he's not going to be right all year. I'm not sure what that means. Look, I'm not saying he's not going to return back and be a terrific quarterback. I'm, I'm just concerned. I like to see these guys play, get a little continuity going. And uh, just wanna, I just want to comment on one thing about this Chicago Bears quarterback situation. And I know that there's so much talk about, like, what Andy Dalton said about that. It's his time now. And most people saying, you know, that's ridiculous. You know, they moved up to get Justin Fields. He's going to be the week one starting quarterback. And, um, you know, the, the head coach and the organization saying, they, you know, they'll, they haven't made a decision yet. Well, I don't know if you saw the Bears game yesterday, but Andre Smith for the Bills almost made that decision for the for the Bears organization, if Justin Fields doesn't understand pre-snap reads and put his protection in the right place, there won't be a decision to be made. Andy Dalton will be quarterback, and Justin Fields will be in a, in a, injured and hurt. I mean, he almost got dismantled. He did get dismantled by Andre Smith of the Bills because he didn't understand the pre-snap reads and set his protection correctly. And, uh, you know, people are just so quickly to get, you know, get the rookie in there, get the rookie in there. You, know, you want the rookie to get in there, play well, and you want it to last for the season. But uh, Justin Fields showed that he has a lot to learn and understand about the game. It's not just about arm talent. It's not about running. It's not about getting away from the defenders and making big plays. It's about pre-snap reads and understanding your protection and putting yourself and your team in the right play. And uh, he's not going to take many more of those hits before Andy Dalton will be the starter for, um, for sure. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think you're denying uh, Justin Fields' talent. I think the speed of the game in the NFL is much different than it is in college. And, you know, some guys kind of warm up to it very quickly. Other guys take a lot longer. I think some people get spoiled when they see. And, and you know, you talked about this. I've mentioned it as well. Matt Nagy has very good experience with having, uh, you know, a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes basically caddy for Alex Smith for the entirety of that season before taking over the job in, in his second year and really getting a better understanding of things. And, you know, I think, you know, like I said, spoiled last year, what Justin Herbert was able to do is very unusual. Peyton Manning threw over 24, I think, 25 interceptions in his rookie year. It just, you know, and you know, obviously we saw him enter the Hall of Fame a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but it takes time to understand the NFL game. And I think there's a little bit too hasty a reaction to your point that we've seen with you know, the situations where it's very clear to me that the veteran is going to be in charge to start and will take a lot to dislodge that, that veteran from being the quarterback, uh, maybe for the entire season. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there are things we'll, you know, we'll get to the full recap of week two and what we're, you know, what, what, what we took from it, but just one other player that I want to comment on is I've seen this happen before to rookies and it could become a trend for the season I've seen it happen to terrific players. T.J. Hawkinson, for one, was never a player who had the drops at Iowa. And his rookie year, he lost some confidence, uh, had the drops, and it led to a, a you know a, a kind of like a poor season. I feel like he's one of these tight ends now in his third year that's going to kiss between 90 and 100 receptions this year. But I do not like what I saw from Jamar Chase. Uh, in the game yesterday, he had three passes thrown to him, three drops, a very bad alligator arms where he saw Landon Collins coming. And uh, he's a terrific young player, and he's a confident player. But it's one of these things that if it starts getting momentum, it can continue into the rookie season. And uh, just one thing to keep your eye on, because uh, he has a lot of expectations behind him. And uh, he really alligator armed a few of those catches and, and dropped all three of them. And uh, just something I'm keeping my eye on. I'm telling you that much. All right. Well, first off, I feel very strongly. I think Tyler Boy. I've stated this a number of times. I think Tyler Boy will be the number one fantasy performer when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. I've, I've talked about that a lot already. Uh, the other thing to remember, Wiz, is, is Jamar Chase didn't step on a football field last year. Uh, no live action. He opted out of the college season. And I'm sorry, when you step away from that type of action, from the hits and stuff like that, there will be uh, that will be reflected. And when you step back onto the field, and don't think that that's not what's part of what's going on uh, with Jamar Chase either yeah but when you're taken i understand that but we are taken where he was taken and that organization made the decision to pass on a potentially you know a generational offensive tackle to go for a skilled player there's a lot of pressure on him and um what he was taken and what's expected of him and uh i'm just saying i've seen this happen before with the rookies and it could lead into the season and it could become a problem. I've seen it happen with, with talented players. And it's just something to keep your eye on because Jamar Chase is ranked. Even with, you know, uh, with, with, with two other good receivers on his team, he's still ranked as like a top 25 to 30 receiver going into the year. Yep, so that's correct. there's a lot of weight on his shoulders, even with them having the, the aforementioned uh, Tyler, uh, Boyd and – T. Higgins on the on the team, so 
It's just something to keep your eye on and see what happens the next week and uh, just watch it. But he looked shaky to me. And it looked like uh, once you start getting into like worrying about where the defender is, uh, as opposed to catching a ball, um, you know, it's, it, it's not going to lead to good things. But we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll we'll talk much more about that uh, uh, in a few days when uh, all the games are complete for week two in the preseason. Okay, and so uh, on to the order of business today. Uh, you know, Wiz and I have talked a little bit about this. Look, we're, we, we've been traditional fantasy players for a combined 50 years. Uh, Wiz started a little bit before me. Uh, it's not that we're not in uh, traditional leagues. We, we still are, and that's part of our audience. We're definitely going to be speaking to them about that. But certainly there's been a change of a changing of the guard, and I think the younger generation, and even an older guy like myself, uh, I'm, I'm very uh, interested in kind of these weekly uh, fantasy uh, bets or prop bets, if you will, on something like DraftKings, where you're betting over/unders on performances. Uh, Wiz, Wiz also has acknowledged that you know the lineup component, and, and I, I do want to talk about a couple of things when it comes to DraftKings and how I think it should be approached. But we're we are definitely going to talk to that part of our listenership. Uh, for people who are playing, you know, those type of games, there are there are players that aren't involved in, in season long fantasy leagues, but they're involved more involved on a weekly performance basis uh, where DraftKings or FanDuel or Barstool Sports is a site that you're going to each and every week to try and predict performance. And uh, Wiz and I will be talking to that audience uh, a little bit more frequently in terms of what we're going to be doing this year. I think there are three different, you know, groups that, that do this. It's one is like millennials. I feel are not interested in season long leagues for the most part. They want daily. They'll go in there. They'll play a bunch of DraftKings lineups. Uh, you know, DraftKings offers just so many different uh, games that you could play with early games, the whole day's games, the four o'clock games, the night game, the Sunday night, the Monday night game, the Monday night game, the Thursday night game. I mean. Every which way but loose. So there are those people who just want to play in that. They don't believe in season-long things. Then there are those that play in season-long things. They've had a bad year, difficult year, injuries, and they're kind of frustrated, but they still love fantasy football, so now they're into more the weekly thing. And then there are people who are in the category of you and I where we do both. We love the season stuff. We love season-long leagues. That's what we know, and that's what we love, and that's what we do. But we also like to partake in the DraftKings aspect of it. So we're going to cater to all of those groups, and uh, we're really going to hone in on the DraftKings, where we're going to talk about salaries. And the way we're going to go about it is we're going to give a couple of guys, maybe two or three guys each, that are top salary guys that we love. We're going to give a fade of a top salary guy that we going to pass on that we don't like that we suggest that you fade as well and then we're going to give guys that are a little bit lower salary and and do that and then i think what we're going to do is we're going to give one and we're going to title it the uh break the slate draft kings pick where we'll give one player that's at the minimum salary uh as on draft kings that you could break the slate he could you could start him and give yourself tremendous salary relief and he's going to do something um, where DraftKings salary kind of like says otherwise. So we're going to give the guys that we like at the top rung at each position, a uh, fade at the top rung, some guys lower salary, and then we're going to give one guy for the week, and we'll call it the break the slate DraftKings, where uh, because of owner leverage, uh, 
you know, that you'll have on that player. Um, if he, if he performs and does something at that salary, you could really break the slate and make a big hit on your DraftKings. Yeah, and I'd say a couple of things about DraftKings. First off, I feel like when I look at weekly rankings, Wiz, and I've talked to you about this a number of times, you know, how many times have we seen, and there are a few lockdown corners in the NFL. I think this is really when it comes down to, uh, and it could be weather-related in some games too, where guys you know, are playing in a rainy conditions and, you know, you, you know, an elite running back may have, you know, be facing eight-man boxes the entire game because of that. There's a number, you can't just auto automatically rank a player like I think a lot of fantasy rankers do and that's why I think what Wiz is talking about where if uh you know somebody like uh let's say uh I can remember last year a couple of occasions Julio Jones I felt had a had a very difficult matchup uh, early in the season and you you know you see the matchup but yet he's still ranked in the top five and you like scratch your head saying is anybody watching what's going on here so I think that's some of what we want to talk about I, I think as far as DraftKings goes too Wiz in terms of lineups I think people sometimes don't pay enough attention about last minute you have the ability to edit lineups and I do I, I do have to say I think people should also look for uh, smaller games to play uh, don't necessarily have to play in these big games I think you can give yourself a better chance of winning some of these kind of 10 15 20 maybe 100 player tournaments that you enter uh, so I think that's something that players should entertain but know that you have the flexibility and stay on top of it to change your lineup when things change uh, and sometimes that happens a lot where you have the ability to, 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 to manipulate things where you're able to go in there and make a last-minute strategic decision. And I think not enough people are kind of on top of that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I feel there are two ways that you need to compose your lineup every single week, no matter what game you're playing, for how much or whatever. It doesn't matter. I think there are two things that you need to do. One is... Ownership leverage is, I can't even express how important this is. When everyone else is zigging, you have to zag. And if there's a player, conversely, that everyone is talking up, well, then because the player is going to have such high ownership, it's a player that you should stay away from. So getting ownership leverage is really one of the two keys to making a good hit on DraftKings. It's really about ownership leverage and, and getting an advantage there. And the other thing is stacking your lineups properly. You have to look at unders and overs and totals on games. It's such an important thing to look at. And if you have a starting quarterback and you think, okay, I'm confident he's throwing three or four touchdown passes, well, you're going to have to pick somebody else in your lineup that's on that team. If the quarterback's going to throw three or four, he's probably going to throw, you know, at least somebody's going to catch a couple of those touchdown passes, most likely. So you want to stack your lineups in games that have high unders and overs, and, and that's an important issue. And when it comes to stacking your lineups, it doesn't necessarily mean, for example, that if you're starting Patrick Mahomes, then you have to start Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. Yes, most people are going to do that. But there will be games where you throw it to other guys and, and Pringle, a guy that you mentioned, looks very, very good. It's a guy that, that Mahomes has a lot of confidence in. So it, it's just an example of that, where if you could catch it on the day where the quarterback that you feel is going to have a big day and he does have the big day and having that right receiver with him 
stacking your lineup in games with high unders and overs, and it could be both teams where you could have a quarterback and receiver on on your lineup, and then two receivers from the uh, from the other side in the same game because you think there's going to be 60 points or plus scored in the game. So ownership leverage and stacking your lineup properly are the two most important components to making a good hit on DraftKings. Uh, huge point. Uh, to to that point, I would say my best week in fantasy last year uh, was a week, and, and I talked about Kirk Cousins' second half of the season last year where, where he, he absolutely went wild. Uh, and, and, and one of my best weeks of the season last year, I think was in the, I want to say it was the last week of the regular season, if I'm not mistaken. I had Cousins in, I had Irv Smith Jr., I had Jefferson, and I had Thielen, and I had my best game performance of the year in that game. I won the most money in that game. You know, Cousins was probably a guy that wasn't even at that time. At that time. In DraftKings, probably not even ranked in the top 10 or 12 for quarterbacks of the week, even though he was lighting it up on a weekly basis. But to Wiz's point, stack the lineup up in a game where I thought was going to be a high-scoring game, and the Vikings went absolutely wild in the game. And Kirk Cousins, uh, thank you very much for winning me some money in that one. Yeah, I think ownership leverage is uh, something that you know you need to look at. And uh, you could just, you know, that's, that's the advantage. I can't... Um, I can't, I can't, you know, drill that point enough in. It's just uh, such an important thing to do and understanding when to zig when everyone else is zagging and uh, avoiding players that, you know, when a player gets hurt and then another guy becomes the starting running back, you know, it's the big thing for everyone to jump on DraftKings and start that guy because his salary probably hasn't been updated. Sometimes it's worth it, but sometimes that type of player is a player to avoid just because you know so many people are going to do it. So, and then the last thing is the break the slate guy, where you have a guy that is going to only be like two or three percent owned. His salary is the minimum salary, and for some reason you think he's going to get in there because he's the third receiver on a team that is going to be trailing. You think, and he's going to get a lot of you know balls thrown to him. You know, those are the things that really matter and those are the things that at the end of the day every week it's not going to hit but over a season long ownership leverage stacking lineups and finding that minimum player to give you tremendous salary relief which allows you to put more of the players that are kind of you're sure about um that, that there's there's the way that you can make a big hit and you will make a big hit and we're going to help people make big hits on DraftKings this year. Yeah, and the, all all great points uh, as per usual, Wiz, and that kind of kind of folds into into the prop bet side of things. And we kind of talked about this when I say prop bets. This is kind of not necessarily for me betting on like two events happening. Like I think there are bets where you can bet on you know player A, let's say you know uh, Travis Kelsey catches a touchdown and the Chiefs win, or Travis Kelsey catches a touchdown and Clyde Edwards-Helaire rushes for a touchdown. I personally don't like that. I have a fantasy view each week going into the season, so going into each week and how players are going to perform. And I really love looking at the over-unders on those performances, whether it's touchdowns, rushing yards, 
receiving yards. And I think that's something that Wiz and I are going to do. We've talked about this. I feel like when it comes to lines in football, Las Vegas is extremely efficient in predicting what lines are going to be. Where there is no efficiency in, in lines or performance, it really, this is the new stuff. Like there is not a, there is not a lot of people who are, I think, able to kind of put proper lines on things. Now, look, injury is going to be a part of it, and we know that. So if a player gets hurt in the middle of a game and he's slated to have 80 yards of receiving, you know, that is obviously going to be a detriment to performance. And, you know, that's going to certainly impact underperformances for sure. But at the end of the day, Wiz, I still feel when it comes to these over and under performance lines that the DraftKings and the FanDuel's and the Barstool's are putting out there, I think there's tremendous inefficiency in those odds making lines. And um, we are going to hear to try. We are here to try to take advantage of that. I think we did very well last year. We definitely uh, were uh, were uh, probably somewhere in the kind of the fifty-five to sixty percent range in terms of correctness on that. And that's what you're trying to do when it comes to these kind of betting lines. And again, like I said, I do think there's inefficiencies in this kind of lines making at this point in time. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's you know a real opportunity with the props when it comes to that because I, I just feel. Unlike point spreads, where line makers are just trying to make a line where the action will be equal on both sides, there's so much data about that that they're just trying to get the vig. They're just trying to win the juice. They're not. They don't really care who you bet. They're trying to make it so that both sides will bet equally. With these props, which is really fantasy football related. I just feel you have to come from a different mindset, and I don't believe that these lines are being made up by people who understand fantasy football. I think it's going to take a while before that catches up. So I do feel that they're very generous with all of the lines that they put out there. I mean, they put out there on everything. And I just think if you pick and choose your shots carefully, I remember my best bet, last year and I gave people and I said this just can't lose was Derrick Henry rushing against the Jags and he for the game and he had it at halftime um, so I think if you pick and choose your shots and understand what teams are doing fantasy wise and what they're, what they're trying to do and what they're doing each week as it relates to running the ball or throwing the ball or what's happening and what the teams are doing I think if you're in Involved in fantasy football and followed very, very closely. I think, as you said, there's a real opportunity to pick and choose your shots and be very, very successful. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what we're here to do. Uh, we're looking at each and every game. Uh, it's very hard to put numbers on every single player, but Wiz and I use what we think is going to happen in a fantasy game. Uh, depending on a number of different variables. I do also, you know, you made the Derrick Henry call. I remember the call you also made on Nick Chubb where he went crazy in the first half of a game. I think it was a Thursday night game, if I'm not mistaken. against, yeah, against, the, uh, Bengals, against the Bengals. Against the Bengals, yeah. so I remember that one. If you remember the game, I, I, I used to love to look at quarterback rushing totals. Uh, you remember that game with Sam Donald? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that bet was over in the first two minutes of the game where he ran for like yeah, a 40 yeah, something. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, you know, things like that, we're, we're here to pick and choose. We're, we're, we're really going to use our kind of fantasy skill set, our fantasy, um, I, I would say, expertise, and lean that into what we're looking at in terms of betting lines. And I think we, we talked about Travis Kelsey last year, where every single week this guy was going for 90 to 120 yards, but the line on him 
never really lifted above 77 yards. It was it was incredible. There was no reaction to what this guy was doing week in and week out. So that's some of the inefficiencies in which we're looking to exploit. And Wiz and I will be doing that sort of thing each and every week in addition to the DraftKings lineups that we spoke about uh, in, in great detail uh, to start this segment. Again, we're not trying to discourage people from doing uh, their season-long fantasy stuff. You know, for Wiz and I, we can handle both of these things on our plates. And I think this adds a fun element and, and we think a, an element to your season where you can be successful and make some money. Yeah, there's no question about it. I think what we're going to really uh, focus on is the Thursday, you know, we're going to do the Thursday night game props and, and Thursday draft games just for that game. And then when Friday comes around, we really want to hone in on draft games, wagering on, on the NFL games and prop bets. And, and another thing that we want to do is we, we didn't do as much last year is we want to help people with free agent pickups and talk about maybe percentage of their free agent budget they should use on these type of players. So I think uh, the free agent will help the people that are in season-long leagues, and the DraftKings will help people that are in weekly leagues, and the gambling helps everybody because everybody likes to gamble on football and wager and either on the bets, on, on the side of the games, uh, on there's overs or props. It's a big part of it. Uh, so we're, we're going to cover it all this year, and we're going to really focus in on that as well. All right, Wiz, very, very well summarized. Uh, Guru Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify. Make sure you're subscribing. Great job as always, Wiz. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I got to go watch my Giants. Let's see if Daniel Jones gets on the field. Uh, but wishing you guys a, a good rest of the week. And, Wiz, look forward to catching up on our week two wrap-up of the preseason in our next podcast. Yeah, and if he stays and if he's on the field, let's hope he holds on to that ball. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Wiz. Have a good one. We'll talk later. You got it.